Hi, this is Colin from Worse in the Industry. We have a lot of laughs on our show, and we get in some pretty heated topics, so it's important to remember that the views expressed by the hosts of Worse in the Industry are our own, and in no way are representations of the views held by the Planet Ant Podcast Network or Planet Ant as an organization, even when we're right. Yell at us, not them. Thanks, and enjoy the show. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Can I talk my shit now? I was playing two-hand touch, fuck it up, it's a hit now. When I hit the road, do a show, hit a lick, then I skip town. Run up in the spot, no dance, and I make them all get down. Boy, you better sit down. Yeah. Ain't nothing fancy, I'm still broke. Cross town like Yancey, I will throw. They say I'm in a spot they would kill for. I could put them in the wheel and they still won't. Get a deal with coke if I wasn't rapping about the past back dealing dope. She does look like she's conservatives are always like, I won't live in the bud, I won't live in the pod, I won't eat the bugs. First of all, we're already eating the bugs. Everybody's already Everybody's already eating the bugs, so calm down. And second of all, you're already living in a pod, so don't don't worry about that either. But also, it would help if all the conservative leadership either didn't already look like they were insects or or in the process of swallowing one at any given moment. Like Pulled they all look halfway like halfway between the They the, all look the, like they're about to molt or they're forcing something that's molting down. Like that's the two expressions that you get. And oh, this has got some extra skin on it. Yeah, they're they're either like bloated cocoon people that look like they're about to split down the middle, like Mike Huckabee before his lap band surgery, or they're fucking uh just like Betsy DeVos and they're just like horrifying skeletons animated by spite and you can see the outline of the beetle going down their esophagus just the legs just chittering just pushing hard and they gotta like manually crunch it down the throat because they're because there's like some sort of you know demon curse on their teeth that doesn't let them chew food that's why they look like skeletons they still have teeth that's Speaking why. of demon curses on teeth, Colin, you want to tell the listeners about our last D&D uh, yeah, campaign? Wanna, you you want to pivot real hard? I, it's fine. Talk about how we tight. all went for the... We were like, wow, these objects are definitely cursed. And then the GM went, hey guys, these objects are cursed. And we went, we're going to take the curse. Hey, I do gotta, I gotta commend Colin, though. He did not metagame. He played his character like his character would have played it. It's, that is exactly how your character would have approached that situation. Exactly. It, worked. Like, curse, it worked out. Curse be damned. I mean, I, want I, magic stuff. I actually have a much more crippling problem that probably flew under the radar at this point. But it's now I have uh, a like uh, magical compulsion for that character in certain social situations. That's going to make it very difficult for me to play. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that will be very interesting. I, I love Spider-Man. Dungeons and Dragons so much, man. Dude, it's great. I wish I wish Wizards. You know what? I actually, you know what? Here, I'll say this. I learned this recently. Um, yeah. Orion... You're about to praise Wizards of the Coast. Opposite. Orion Black. Oh, who Orion Black, who was persecuted by Wizards of the Coast, uh, before he uh, no longer worked for them, is actually the showrunner for Dimension Twenty. Uh, Dimension huh. Twenty being uh, the old uh, College Humors flagship D&D uh programming which is actually very fucking good uh in both it's like actual like design but also in conception 
and uh, like very well like executed um, in every way that you'd want. Great minis. I, I this is a free advertisement, but uh, this is a free. You're you're giving them a lot of airtime. It's great. That's it. I just feel if I bring up Dungeons and Dragons, I should actually bring up something that deserves them. it. That's something that deserves it, and not Dungeons and Dragons because it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> uh, Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, people to listen to. Listen to Crit Nasty Pod. They're friends of uh, of uh, One Shot Dungeons that we were on. Uh, they're a great little D and D podcast. Y'all should listen to them. Yeah. Also, listen to One Shot Dungeons. Yeah, they haven't made an episode in like a year, and it makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to their back catalog. It's fun. It's great. It is great. It is great. We You'll eventually give them a get to the epi- to make more content. You'll eventually get to the episode of John Johnson, the most average adventurer. John Johnson, the most average adventurer. Jesus Christ. The episode that we played where I played a barbarian and didn't even get to rage. Well, what we were all fucking drunk and stuff. Oh, we got we got fucking ripped for that. Oh, we yeah, literally all of us were destroyed, but the problem was that combat always ended before I got to my turn and got to rage. You were rolling shit for initiative. I was, dude. Yeah, you were rolling real bad, and then me and Colin were just like, well, we both kind of min-maxed here, so... I was like, uh, oh, I'll play a tiefling cleric. Oh, I'll play a tiefling cleric. Like... Oh. Uh, Alright, well, speaking of the fantastical, the unbelievable and the totally fucking made up let's get to the show you're introing my life <laughs> i don't know i thought that one was pretty good <coughs> Excuse me. i liked it thank you i look like it steven dorf it made it made me bust a little bit yeah. you do kind of i'm like steven dorf and i only smoke blue cigarettes because they're going to give me cancer in a completely different way. This is Dorf on Dorf? Dorf on Dorf. My name's Steven Dorf, and I love The Lost Boys. It's an underrated film. I feel like it's a... Kiefer believe. I forget that Alex Winter was in that. Uh, He's great. He is great. All right. <clears throat> Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back once again to Worst in the Industry, the show where this three-ring circus will make our grandest attempt at eliciting oohs and ahs, but only through the lens of education and historical context. I'm your ringleader, Justin St. Peter, a.k.a. Hugh Jackman in a fancy coat, to my left. But doctor, I'm the great podcaster, Colin Stanley. To my left. Uh, my name's Tyler, and I'm Zendaya, Zendaya from that movie, and goddamn, did she do a great job. Greatest showman? She did a phenomenal job. I'm it. really proud of was her. Was she in that movie? Yes, she was. I still haven't watched it. She's yes. Michi from the Troll she, she did a great job, and she's a great actress. I appreciate her. She is? Uh, yes, she is, she is an actress. Well, speaking, we're no, back yeah, in the yeah, why, industry. Why this are week. we doing? You're gonna really shit. Here's the problem, Justin. Whether you like her or not, you gotta say you do for the fucking show. Don't don't leave a hanging criticism of Zendaya. Yeah, sure, just just be like, yes, 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 she's very talented. Have, she's very talented. I don't have she's a very criticism. Talented, yes. Like she's, I don't know. She's an actress. I don't, she's I don't great. Have opinions about her. She's a good actress. I stated a fact. You said it like you had something else to say. That's why it's a problem. <laughs> I, I do not have anything else to well, say. Well, that's about fucking Zendaya. good that you don't. <laughs> that's good keep because it to yourself. then, then keep all that because then to yourself. 
Me and Colin would have had to stab you. Then to we'd death. have to kill you. <laughs> yeah, death. you and Colin would have really because had I'm a part fucking of the K hive and I'm fucking crazy. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> alright. Well, speaking of the entertainment industry, uh we're just gonna we're just gonna reach real far with that one. Oh, talking uh, about is... the uh commodification of people and the abuse of talent as objects. Ah, there we go. That's our through point. Uh, we're wrapping up our two-part series on Phineas Taylor Barnum this week. God, what a bitch name. Get up what an absolute right. fucking bitch right. name that is. What a is. fucking limp-wristed ass name. Fauntleroy-ass motherfucker. Father. 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 Father, my weird-looking people with only a certain amount of non-normal appendages are pretending like they I owe them money. What do I do? Papa, this wo enslaved woman that I've leased is died. What shall I do with her corpse? What shall I do with a corpse? Uh, parade her? Mm. That but sounds father, good to me. the monkeys won't dance for me. And I, I only bought the monkeys so that they would dance. Well, then cut off their legs, my boy, and sold them to a fish. And they'll <laughs> dance. They'll dance the dollars right into your hands. Now won't they? Oh, man. Um, you know, that is probably actually not not advice he would have received from his father, but definitely from his grandfather. Um, now, in our first episode, we covered P.T. in like his own words. Lovecraft raised by yeah, his grandfather, kind of. like a little Nancy. We did say that he had the classic, like, serial killer upbringing, which H.P. Lovecraft also had. Uh, yeah, as well as some severe mental illness. So. Oh yeah, love love having a fucking mommy complex. That's always great. Oh, I was talking about like the photorealistic hallucinations that H.P. Lovecraft suffered from. Uh, they're called Italians. <laughs> oh, oh, horrors okay. beyond man's comprehension. Oh, the Jersey Shore. <laughs> Jim tanning and laundry? Uh, My god! I love the idea of him walking into, like, a Bojax and being like, A step fiend? <laughs> Some fell creature from the, the Oblast of the Orient. The Oblast? <laughs> Alright. It's like, nice. I'm just serving kraut and fucking sausages, but I don't know what your problem is. Please, please, come to my tent. Have a conversation. This mustard is too spicy for my tongue. <laughs> uh, sir, that just has some, some vinegar that is and, salt, and some sir. salt in it. That is uh... just salt. Why is your mustard so dry? Sharp in my mouth, like the sea. <laughs> God damn it, Cal. Now, in our first episode, we covered P.T. in his own words, using primarily his own autobiography as a source. This week, however, we will be using a variety of sources to uncover some of the more and less known scams, thefts, and humbugs of old P.T. Barnum. Love it. Love a humbug. Mm, we'll talk about humbugs love a, a little bit later. Love a everybody, everybody loves a humbug, especially when they're, they're getting their humbug. Love a... Shoot a hum my bug. I'm, I'm fucking I'll give you a humbugger. No, I'll bug your hummer. I'll You're hum gonna your... bugger my hum? No, 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 let me... You're gonna, gonna hum my bugger? I'm gonna hugger your... 
You're going to hug my bummer. Let me get back to you on that one. Uh, to briefly summarize last episode... I'm going to tug your drummer. <laughs> to briefly summarize last episode, P.T. Barnum was born in... God fucking damn it, Kyle. Hey, man. I, I dug this summer. It's fine. <clears throat> To briefly summarize last episode, P.T. Barnum was born in 1810 and named for his maternal grandfather who had made his fortune in part by scamming the state lottery. P.T. entered into a variety of different businesses in adulthood, choosing never to work with his hands, uh, never quite finding his niche until he stumbled, stumbled upon his first quote-unquote amusement and the first of three examples we will be discussing today, Joyce now, for those of you who did tune in to episode one, uh, which I hope you did, if you haven't, please stop this episode now, go back to episode one, and or then come back to this one, one later. Then listen to that one, then listen to this one again. Yeah, all right, that works. Pad the stats, um, folks. Yeah, yeah pad, pad the stats. stats. Make sure you give us a five-star review. We got 11 right now, hey, but not, uh, I'd really not... like to see those numbers bumped up to maybe, I don't know, 10, 20,000. Uh, I would also only... just take 12. Just what you do, what you do is when you get in an Uber, okay? Take out their phone. Just, just, just physically take their phone from the little phone holder. Search up our podcast. Well, we gotta make we. So we found out that we can't officially use those the official Spotify stickers that have the little <laughs> sound icon because we. Yeah, we, we can't because we talked about politics on the show. So we, yeah. gonna, they won't let us use those. So we we have to just like get a QR code, which I think is annoying because I think those are a scam. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, it might be. Um, but yeah, for those of, <coughs> those of you who have already listened to episode one, Joyce Heff, with, Joyce Heff was mentioned briefly as uh, an enslaved woman who had been briefly leased, not owned, by P.T. Barnum uh, in the early 19th he century. He centered a woman? Not leased to own. He very specifically did not own her. He merely renewed the lease for her every year. That's like getting a... That's so fucked up. That's terrible. Oh, it's gonna get worse. Um, now, Joyce was an incredibly old woman who had been born into slavery sometime in the 1750s. Um, she came into the enslavement of P.T. Barnum uh, sometime in 18... 18- 35 uh when pt was 25 uh and in order to secure his first year's lease of joyce pt actually went into 500 dollars debt which is a significant amount of money at the time you gotta spend money to make money this is basically the equivalent of pt barnum getting a business loan from his local bank to start a sports bar only it was to continue to enslave a woman. So it was a little more explicit than a sports bar. But not Slightly. much. Yep. Um, now, Joyce Heth, because she had lived a long, hard life, she had been born into slavery, like I said. She had lived in slavery her almost entire life until slavery was, quote-unquote, made illegal in the North. And then she continued to live in slavery. She was toothless, nearly hairless, and absolutely covered in wrinkles. Uh, P.T. had purchased, or I'm sorry, uh, leased Joyce Heth uh, under the premise that she had at one point 
been the personal nurse of George Washington, which is not true. Verifiably. And pretty easily now. Although I imagine in 1835, it probably wasn't the easiest piece of information to come across. So, I can't be that upset for the average person, uh, not knowing that. However, I can be upset at the average person for looking at this woman in chains like she was a spectacle. I mean, this is back when they had the, uh, what was it, like, the zoo of peoples, and it was just like, ah, we've gone around the world and found a child from every country. Oh, yeah, the fucking King Leopold's Human Zoo. Yeah, that was... Well, no, that was actually later. Um, Yeah, it's a few decades Leopold was 20th century. I thought he he started in the 1880s, 1890s. King Leopold? Maybe not King... Oh, was... No, you're right, no. Yeah, because that was the... What was it, the Free Congo Corporation or whatever? We'll get to that at another episode. Don't worry, we'll talk about the fucking Belgians. We'll talk about the DRC and how... How Europe has ruined Africa. Not ruined. And I'm going to go on like a 15 minute rant about how FUD's uh, fucking romanticizing Rhodesia is like the second worst thing in gun culture and how all of them need to fucking repaint the walls behind them with their own brains immediately. Besides Nazis, who romanticizes Rhodesia? Uh, so many fucking people. Really? Yeah. That's fucked, that's fucked up. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, dude, FUDs love Rhodesia. What, uh, you're, you keep saying FUDs. It's, FUDs are, um, like, gun culture nerds. Like, people who make gun culture their personality. Okay. Well, those guys are Nazis, usually. Yes, a lot of them are, so but the, even the ones who are not Nazis love Rhodesia. Well, they're in Nazi culture. They're like Nazi weebs. They're weebs for Nazi shit. Well, they're, yeah. they're, they're not Nazis, but they're like, I like playing in it. I like playing in it. <clears throat> now, Joyce Heth, uh, the original draw, and the one that P.T. Barnum used most often, uh, was his claim that she was 161 years old. Clearly, this is not possible, as there is no one that we know of who has lived even close to that long. You've never been to the Noah's Ark Museum, have you? No, uh, I haven't. As somebody who's been to the Noah's Ark Water Park at Wisconsin Dells, I can tell you that people used to live thousands of years, um, but then our genes degraded over time, which has shortened our lifespans. So yes. you're wrong, and you're bad, but I am just a lifeguard. You want to know how I know you're full of shit is, uh, they would never admit that genes exist. No, they do. At Wist- <laughs> They say DNA, they say over time, they, they call it, like, genetic drift, because they don't, they don't know that term means something for real. And oh, it has, like, an actual real world, real world meaning, and not well, just genetic drift fantasy is, world? Genetic, you talk about genetic drift, we talk about speciation, when you talk about, yeah. like, one mainline creature becoming multiple like the finches that they talk about genetic drift with the finches but mm-hmm. yeah they talk about like uh yeah oh when the flood happened it fucked up our dna and for there's water got in the genes and then all the water made it hard for us to be forever again and they started putting fluoride in the water 
Yeah, and, and that's, that, and that, that keeps, calcifies the pineal gland. It keeps God from the, seeing your soul, and you get trapped yeah. in purgatory because you've been drinking too much fluoride, and fluoride is a hell chemical, and it drags yes, your because, soul down to hell when you die. Because when you live in the fantasy land of religion, anything is possible. When the graphene nanobots get inside your body and they start converting your body into a diode for the global supercomputer that runs the prison planet we're on, you'll all say that you were sorry and apologize to me, and I will be right uh, as the apocalypse happens. You'll all say I'm right. You'll all say all right, and, and then I won't have to pay child support anymore, and my wife will come back. Yes, of course. She's definitely coming back, Why buddy. should I have to pay alimony if I'm not allowed to have a prostitute under the law? All right. Now, um, among the lies of her age, her providence, uh, and her profession, P.T. Barnum used a particularly interesting humbug in order to stir up quite a bit of interest in Joyce Heth. Joyce Heth is not a human being. What purports to be a remarkably old woman is simply a curiosity-constructed automaton made up of a made up of whalebone, india rubber, and numberless springs ingeniously put together, and made to move in the slightest of touch according to the will of the operator. The exhibitor is a ventriloquist, and all the conversations apparently held with the ancient lady are purely imaginary, so far she's concerned. So he's like, before robots were even really culturally a thing, he was like, yeah, this black lady you see right here, she does not exist. This She's is an, an automaton. complex puppet. They would. That was actually in Europe. They had uh, traveling shows that were essentially this, where um, instead of it being a black lady, it would be like a car, a wooden Arab, uh, Arabic man, and they were called like yeah, what? the Mechanical Turk. Yeah, they're called Mechanical Turks exactly, and they would travel around, and there was just like a guy in a box moving its arms like a giant puppet to like play chess or to like tell your fortune. Or to do any number of things. Uh, and the idea was like, oh, there's like some secret mechanics from the Far East that are powering this thing. Uh, but really, it's just like a tiny Polish man. Yeah, tricking it's just you. a little guy pulling just, levers. Just a, little, just a little guy stinking of garlic and fucking like 3% beer and piss and goat hay. Uh, just working a fucking mechanical Turk inside to his fucking heart. Just fucking blade. That, like, the Cab Calloway of Mechanical Turks died in obscurity. <laughs> like, it's a talent you'd never get to share with the world, because nobody would ever, you couldn't, nobody could know. Yeah, you can't tell people. They're the real Imagine going on a blind date as the Mechanical Turk operator. And being, and she's like, she's like, oh, well, this you is... know, what do you do? And, and you're like, uh, it's, you know. <laughs> It's class. It's classified. I'm unemployed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I can't tell you. That's why I have the if I, if I, mahogany line. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> They're called operators for a reason. They're called operators for. A reason. There's spec op. They're like those fucking Navy SEALs that come back and are like, "How do I parlay a career of being a, a murdering child molester into a brand image?" Oh, I'll talk about being a murderer all the time. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out a lot of people want to hear about it. Turns out a lot of people wish they could kill people. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, now, P.T. Barnum continued leasing Joyce Heth until her death. He did so using 
tons, like I said, of uh, false origins, uh, tons of different stories about who and what she was, uh, and he continued to spin those lies up uh, after her death because he toured her corpse around as an autopsy exhibition. Did he buy it? Because you said he was only leasing. No, no. When she died in his possession, her corpse became his property. That's fucking terrible. So, Justin, you said this. You you said this wasn't so, a lease yeah, to own despite, situation. But this this was this, not technically this, a lease to own. This kind of sounds like a lease to own up. situation this is, this is not, here. So we should not be making jokes about this. This is fucked Is up. that when she dies, uh, her corpse it's is more mine. of a. It's more of a you break it, you buy it. Oh, policy. so it's it's Let's like it's like when you uh, it's like when they give you the wrong. It's, Stop it. It's. It's more like if if it's like no 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 it's like when they give you the wrong order at the McDonald's, and and they're and they're like they're like no 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 just keep it just keep it. This is inappropriate. This was a this was a real human being. I know I know dreams and fears and experiences. I know, but I'm pain. Colin, everything we everything we do on this podcast is so sad that every once in a while I need to get some fucking yucks in. It's so brutally i don't just it's, i mean like okay yes is it sad yes absolutely was she used as an operation oh, game afterwards God. yes absolutely <laughs> it's i'm not saying that it right. happened the point of this is to say that it's fucked up but i gotta yeah, laugh that's or like else part I'm gonna of cry. My, part of my anxiety and depression is projecting everything into comedy don't take that away from me Oh, Christ. Or I'll literally kill myself. I'm just going to pet my cat. Just silently pet <laughs> was, my cat. Until this runs the course. Until this fever burns itself done. out in the two of you. Oh, well, I'm sick, I so I have, like, you. I... Dude, I can't... I'm sick. Listen, I'm I can't even... <laughs> <laughs> I am... I, I don't even know what... I don't even know what I did at work the last two days. <laughs> I don't Dude, even know what I've done. Court like, case. you could you could tell <laughs> me I did anything within the last two days, and I'd be like, mm, maybe you sound, might have happened. You, I don't fucking know. You sound you sound like a yeah, serial killer right. in the box right now. You're like, I, I don't even remember these last. Like, you sound, yeah, could have done anything, man. You sound like with Ted Bundy when they got Ted Bundy in the box, and he's, he's just like, I have no clue what you're talking about. I don't even know where I've been the last two days. You could even I could even tell you if I wanted to, and I definitely want to. I could even tell you Honestly. the second that I wanted to that I. My 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 nose, my nose hey, I can feels fake a heart like, like my whole like <laughs> my whole skull is trying to implode on itself in my nose, so my brain hasn't been working right. So yes, I will compare a, a dead woman's corpse to an uh, order at McDonald's. You're super. Oh yeah, it's terrible. You're congested. Oh, buddy, I got what? some hydroxyzines from my psychiatrist. You do? I got some hydroxyzines. Oh you want God. you want 50 milligrams? What does that do for congestion? It's an antihistamine. Oh. Why are you getting those from your... No, we've had a conversation about this. Well, I, so I would I say know. yes, but I also can't take antihistamines because they make my fucking... I hate being Polish. They make antihistamines... <laughs> Antihist... <laughs> antihistamines right, make though. my... Uh make my salivary glands close up yep oh so you just get, you get no the i get i get stones in my fucking these. salivary glands and it swells up and it's terrible oh, oh fuck 
Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Yeah, those can get infected super easy. So then I gotta eat wrong. sour candy for right. like fucking yeah. a week straight to like. I that is that what my doctor your, recommended. Your doctor fucking recommended to you. I fucking. I mean, it's. it's no, I know. I know. Yeah, my doctor's no, it's like. Just so funny to me. You got any sour candy at home? I'm like, of course I fucking do. Well, hey, you got a boyfriend? Yeah. All right, no. Well, you got, you got, got any lemon? Got any lemon heads? All right. Slop on that knob. My corn. Oh my god. Now, uh, in his own autobiography, P.T. Barnum would later go to swear by purely abolitionist politics. Because it's fashionable. He's, yeah, he's, it's like Donald Trump when Donald Trump was, like, for abortion for 40 years and then, like, changed his opinion two days, like, over the course of, like, a day because it got brought up during the Republican primary. He's like, I'm against it now, actually. It's killing a baby. It's killing a fetus. They're taking the baby butts. They're taking the baby butts. And they're selling them to Democrats. Now, um, in spite of that, Phineas Taylor Barnum seems to regard the long life and, yes, despite the jokes, incredibly sad death of Joyce Heth with little more regard than he would any of his other humbugs, as he lovingly referred to his own hoaxes. You see, P.T. had no remorse over pulling the wool over anyone's eyes because he truly believed that no one would ever feel really cheated if they got a show. But that is incredibly incorrect as proven by the literal thousands of people who demanded their money back after following signs that were brightly lit, brightly colored, you know, having directions and arrows pointing for egress this way. Check out the egress over here. And then simply ending up outside because they don't know that an egress is a fucking exit and not a bird. It would have gotten I will say that was... That was probably, like, my favorite thing I've ever learned about P.T. Barnum, was that he literally, he would just put those throughout the American Museum as signs that were just like, egress, this way, and then look he, at the egress, and, it would be a big, and then it would just lead to the exit. Well, it would be big, like, curtained off that, like, you had to, like, per- like, it, he, like, made it look like the entrance to an exhibit, purposely. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, just, you go right outside, and then there's no way back in, you have to pay for another ticket. Yeah, it's hilarious. Give him another nickel. It's so funny. Literally the least harmful thing that P.T. Barnum has ever done. It's it's the most repeatable. It's also something that you should do. If you have the chance yes. to do something like that, that to people, you should do that. 100%. Uh, now, anybody who managed to make it past these tricky signs, um, you know, the non-Polacks... Uh, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, Polacks don't Polacks read, don't and especially read. Polacks don't read it's, signs, okay? <laughs> We were not falling for that. You Pollocks learned how to not learn how to read Listen, over the course Pollocks, of many generations. Because reading really gets you into gets trouble, you and Pollocks know how to do things. One, hang drywall. Okay, we can do that really fucking good. And number two, uh, let the Nazis invade us. Let the Nazis invade us. Number three, Just not right read. In. Number four, learn how to count. Learn how to count. Number five, install a light bulb. We learn how to count because we learn how many fucking panels of drywall we're going to need to hang so we know what to charge. Well, you're going to... You're gonna learn how to do math because you're gonna need to figure out how many uh, of you it, it takes it to takes, screw in that okay, light bulb. Okay, okay, shut up. It only takes three to screw in a light lot. bulb. Okay, one guy to hold the light bulb and two guys to spin the ladder. Yeah, the exactly. Other two, to two guys ladder. to spin the ladder. 
Also, all Polish people know one spell inherently. It's called detect <laughs> and it, I use it most days. By by putting it over my chest by, uh, you go and beep, saying beep 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 beep, 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 by pointing at yourself. <laughs> you see, okay, okay. Oh, so I was I was at my wonderful girlfriend's house like like a year ago or something like that. And she wanted a shelf put in, right? And I was like, okay, I'll put this shelf up, right? Because you know, because I'm Polish. I know how to put sh exactly, yeah, you see, you see and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, these, like I'm, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like these are about four feet apart, so I'm like measuring with like my arm and being like, oh, yep, there's, there's about the stud, and and yeah, I got, I got, I'm I got the stud, the stud finder. I was like, I was like, do you have a stud finder? She's like, yeah, and I grabbed it, and I was like, beep, 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 and I put it over my chest, and I was like, look, I found it, and that was the first time she heard that. She laughed. I was like, nice. get the fuck out of here. No way. Has your girlfriend I, uh, actually been living under a rock? Maybe the Polish are well, she is where she comes from. Oh, no, she was in a sorority. Yeah. She was yeah. living and, under a and, different type of rock. Oh, they don't have Polacks yeah, and, and sororities? And she's, You're right, they're not allowed. <laughs> yeah. And she's it's Ukrainian, like no so we have, like, a weird kind of, like, solidarity going on. Well, there's... There's a complicated relationship. There's a complicated relationship there. We don't need to get into it. That's that's an aside that we absolutely do not need to get into on this episode. We need our backyard yeah. back. That's uh, I, need, I, I need I need I need room. Yeah, I need some living room. The old you know? big skin. Particularly among the taxidermies in the American Museum was one piece described here in the words of P.T. Barnum in his uh, autobiography, thusly. An ugly, dried up, black looking, <laughs> diminutive specimen about three feet long. Its mouth was open, its tail turned over, and its arms thrown up, giving it the appearance of having died in a great agony. I was about to say that it's uh, it's really unfair the kind of... Now that they can leave reviews on Tinder, it's just bullshit. It's, <laughs> I just want to say, I should be able to make these private voluntarily. It's not fair that he got to put this in a book against me. <laughs> to make this private volunteer. He's a sweet guy, great politics, great conversationalist, paid for dinner, walked me home. The problem is when I got downstairs, his whole thing was some ugly black diminutive specimen, roughly three <laughs> feet long. Its mouth was open, its tail was turned over, and it had its arms thrown up. God, if, if there was reviews on Tinder when I was using Tinder, I don't think I would have gotten any dates because it would have just been like, no. Shorter than he looks. Well, yes. I dress myself correctly <laughs> to deal with that torso situation. But it would... Turtleneck. Turtleneck. <laughs> slacks. Wear them properly at your belly button. Yep. It's long lines. Don't give them... Don't, you don't want to give them horizontal lines to measure you by scale wise. You want to make sure you keep a lot of straight vertical. But it would have been like it would have been like yeah, like you know this guy's real nice, but like you know, twenty minutes into dinner he started talking about JFK a lot. <laughs> you gotta ease him in. You gotta, nah. You gotta wait till date like. Nah, you weed him out early. That's that's how it works with Tinder. I love that you. I love that you. <laughs> yeah, that's how I found my Tinderella. So It's to be fair, that's worked out. I had to means you. test. I had to means test, dude. 
Christ. I'm, yeah, I'm like um, I'm like some fucking Democrat establishment technocrat. It's like I found the proper algorithm to find love. Oh man. All right. Well, this piece of taxidermy uh, that I am calling out as being particular is one that is likely P.T. Barnum's most popular hoax. The one that most people know him by. Uh, the one that everybody sees in the Ripley's Believe It or Not books and, you know, the, the, the Guinness World Record books. It's the Fiji Mermaid, that tiny little fucked up, shriveled up little thing that Rain Wilson got turned into in House of Oh, what a great Horses. movie. It's really fucked up that you're going to talk about the former Secretary of Education like that. <laughs> Betsy DeVos? Listen, Betsy DeVos is... Uh, not a Fiji mermaid. She's from the Maldives. Buddy, I'm and... a, I am a sea ape theologian. Like I said, Wisconsin Dells lifeguard. I know You're what I'm talking janitor. about. The the name tag you keep says calling yourself lifeguard. I know, but you're mopping. Yeah, and we're inside. I'm mopping up the things that could end your life. I'm guarding your life against infection. Which is why is Kyle even really your name? I don't know, man. I don't work here. He's he's just like that <laughs> that dude that murdered that guy with a hatchet. Like, is Kyle even really your na- real name? I don't know. I couldn't call it. Oh yeah, the he murdered somebody else. Oh, somebody I couldn't else. call it. He said that a guy tried to. He said that he was raped by a man, uh, or and then he killed the man in self defense. And I said, smack, smack, smack. And I think. I think it, it came out that it was basically like that he he like killed him but didn't have to kill him and then like tried to cover it up. Yeah, it was a whole uh, thing, but hey, you know. Thing. But uh, that yeah. first oh, yeah. guy that he killed definitely had it coming. Good on him for that. So you know, fifty fifty. Hey, some people go their whole lives without killing anybody that deserves it, and some people go their whole lives only killing people that don't deserve it. So if you're if you're gonna really yeah, break yeah. even on that, good for you. You gotta meet in the middle, you know, and you gotta, you actually, you kill one guy, one, just one, who does deserve it. That's a real toss-up, two, though. That's a real coin flip. Two, you're pushing it. I feel like even one, a lot of times, you still get jammed up. Oh, yeah, of course you're gonna get a little jammed up, but, you know. <clears throat> now, the mermaid itself, uh, evidently originated in Japan, um... I say evidently because that is where the evidence lies. There are several conflicting claims, all of them leading uh, to the original mermaids being created somewhere in East or Southeast Asia. Um, There are also conflicting reports on exactly what they're for. Uh, Where are, I believe it's hoaxes.com, which is a a great resource to find out about these types of things. Uh, they claim that it was actually a religious idol used by, um, you know, uh, religious minority groups. Um, more than likely, it was just created by the fishermen as a joke. Um, yeah, you're it's drunk. a kind of fucked up joke. It's, I mean, it's the kind of humor of the day. Yeah, like, it's, you know, you, you've been drinking nothing but sake for 36 hours. No, you're not even like... drinking, a lot of times, you're not even, like... If you're in South Asia, you're not even drinking sake. You're no, it's just like, grog. You know, it's, it's well, not, no, it's not even grog at that point. Like it's you know, we're talking about like undiscovered you know tribes that they probably don't even have alcohol. Well, they probably like there's there's a history of uh, sugarcane yeah. fermentation. If uh, you want to watch, Asia. if uh, if just not, they may have a if anyone wants to watch a uh, a really interesting uh, video, watch uh, Robert Evers, Robert Evans episode 
from uh, Cracked.com, it's on YouTube, of um, him getting fucked up in the ways of the ancient people. Right. He was he was like smoking like like leaves from like fermented leaves from a certain fucking plant and being like now oh, let's see what happens. I can dig it. Yeah, it was ba- yeah, he lived. <clears throat> For now. For now. For now. Um, now the mermaid itself is a very complicated story about how it came to be here in America. Uh, it was again found uh, somewhere in East or Southeast Asia. Uh, again, reportedly Japan. Um, it was then taken by, uh, this is supported by the way that it was taken by the Dutch, uh, and this was pre, uh, Meiji era Japan. So this was pre the opening of Japan and the, uh, assault on Kyoto Castle by... Were there, were there Ronin, uh, Japanese men who were being hired by the Dutch East India Company only to behead people? A hundred. That was, that was a couple of, a couple hundred years before. Uh, Yeah. This was that was that was before the Japanese intense isolationism, and then this is this is when they're like this is when we forced them to open. This up. is it's yeah it's they they are at, after the point where they're like the Western mind has corrupted our once verdant Eden, and we must recover <laughs> it from them internally. Uh, now they're kind of like, what if we got some of that fucking money? What about <laughs> the fucking money though? It was well it was it was that it was it was a mix of you know the need of money it was a mix of like the end of the samurai class and the total adoption of like modern firearms into the Japanese military uh, and it was also Commodore Matthew Perry pointing <coughs> a fucking cannon at their castle. It's a uh, if you want to watch a movie that is very shitty and ahistorical um Last Samurai, dude. The last Sam, oh, last awful. Samurai, the last it, Samurai is a terrible, it's, a it's terrible great, historic terrible. depiction, but it is a great movie. It's a great, excellent. It's film. a great film, uh, and also I think the thing that's interesting is that, uh, like, even though it's like a historical, it does a good job of telling that story in very broad strokes about the modernization of Japan, and that it was like, yeah, there was like a bureaucratic petty bourgeoisie that grew out of like a court bureaucrat position into the modern day rulers as the modern capitalists like that is what yeah. would happen and it's like yeah that's that's what happened in all these other feudal societies in europe uh as well and uh when you force a country to do that in a very short period of time it's how you get yeah. fascism just like in i do Italy. love the fact that there's uh so many people i constantly see on twitter like posting pictures and screen grabs or not screen grabs but like just the the the, the title card of that movie and be like look, look they, they made a white guy the last samurai it's like you never watched the movie eventually made its way to moses kimball uh who was the owner of the boston museum another uh, i say competing loosely um another competing novelty museum much like the american museum um I say competing loosely because, you know, these guys were friends. They were close friends. They literally spent, you know, like a week together conspiring to get the story of the Fiji mermaid off the ground, uh, which is exactly what they did. Do you think they were really friends fully on both sides? Or do you think, do you think they were both thought they were using each other? Or do you think that just one thought they were using the other? 
No, I think they both thought they were using each other and were attempting to, because that's what friendship is like when you're this kind of scumbag. Yeah, you're like, oh, friends are just pe- are just long cons. Uh-huh. A friendship is just an opportunity for a longer grift. Yeah, just a, a, a con that I can take over time. <clears throat> now, uh, in order to really sell the Fiji mermaid, P.T. Barnum and Moses Kimball invented the existence of one Dr. Griffith. Um, there is no first name to quote-unquote Dr. Griffin because he wasn't a real man. Uh, the quote-unquote Dr. Griffin that would appear in public was actually one Levi Lyman, an old hoax partner of years past with P.T. Barnum. Dr. Griffin presented animals like the platypus to the public, which made him seem very... Real. Uh, experienced. It made him seem real. It made him seem like a true naturalist in an era where there were new and interesting and fascinating species being found all the time yeah this is this is when fossils and archaeology be start to become huge this is when uh this is right around darwin too right this is when yep. uh the theory of evolution and continental drift are becoming popularized mm-hmm. um and it's like people are getting they're like this is like the age of exploration this is like the age of scientific exploration where they're like we're going to go into Africa and we're going to measure everybody's skull, but we're also going to catalog all the birds. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, this quote-unquote Dr. Griffin and P.T. Barnum eventually faked a massive public fight uh, because P.T. Barnum had quote-unquote made an offer to display the Fiji mermaid in his museum and Dr. Griffin uh, that he you know didn't want to... Uh, you know, Barnum had, you know, had, had apparently spent this hundreds upon thousands of dollars on promotional materials and advertisements. And oh, what the hell am I? And going at the to time, hundreds of thousands um, of dollars meant uh, he might have spent like eight hundred bucks. Billions. He might have spent like a thousand bucks. Yeah, it was it was still like eight eight hundred to a thousand bucks. Um, so he decided to just give them away to the new york media i thought you were gonna say to the yankees no yeah, that's a little upsetting i love kayfabe and the new york media was like hey i'm gonna take all these advertisements for a thing that doesn't exist and uh i'm gonna put them up but yeah, good for yeah. them it, it literally for a parade for an exhibit that didn't exist yet yeah absolutely it put a ton of butts in seats and it will continue to put butts in seats. I would look it's, at a Fiji uh, mermaid tomorrow. Yeah. Now, the Fiji mermaid's actual first public appearance was in Philadelphia. That's where flip, it was flip, exhibited flip at first. And this was very purposeful. It is because Joyce Heth and that debacle had totally destroyed P.T. Barnum's credibility. Nobody believed him. Anything that he put out into the world was immediately suspect. Hmm. So he had his friend exhibit it first to make it seem much, much more Built real. Heat. Yeah, he would build heat like we talked about in wrestling. It's kayfabe. It's heat, baby. <sighs> They're working a spot. I love the Fiji, mer- I love the Fiji mermaid spot. <laughs> when, you hit him, when you hit him in the head with the Fiji mermaid from underneath the, the mat, you pull it out. Slap. My God, the, he's the got a Fiji mermaid. Of a fish. Ooh, I would, I would love to see. By God, that Fiji mermaid a f- had a family. A fresh Fiji mermaid. 
like that's a not fresh feed with all the fur made. intact and shit. Oh, and all the scales and stuff. Yeah. All the you can still see the, the fear in its so eyes. On. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Fear. Uh. Now, uh, eventually, P.T. Barnum would let the Fiji mermaid go on a national tour. This national tour was slightly mishandled by the man that P.T. Barnum put in charge of it. And so, Kimball, uh, Moses Kimball, the man who had initially leased the mermaid to P.T. Barnum, much like he leased that slave, uh, took back the Fiji mermaid. So that way he would not have it destroyed, as P.T. Barnum really was not taking care of it. <coughs> I'm a museum man, not an archivist. Would until the end of the American Museum after it was burned down twice at the hands of Confederate sympathizers would continue to exhibit a wide variety of Fiji mermaids. Just getting them wherever the fuck he could get them. Hey, you got half a monkey and a trout? I just need half a monkey, I mean, sir. Half a monkey is all I need. Which? Wait, 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 wait. Which half of the monkey? I'm not picky. The sexy half, please. <laughs> the sexy half? That's the wrong the half wife for half. a mermaid. I want the wife half of every monkey and fish you got. Uh, every species now, has a different wife half. Horses is the back. What what's the front? The, what has the front? What is what what animal has the front half? That's a wife half. Cuttlefish. No. Sea cucumber. It's just a hole. That's the back end. No, that's of the it. front end. No, it's still. It that's pukes back. out all the intestines. It doesn't shit them out. That's the only hole on that's it. What, yeah, that's but it's the. That's the back. No, it's the front hole. That's the feeder hole. It's the front hole. It's also the anus. Yeah, but it's that's the direction it moves in usually. Is the whole holeward? It moves holeward. So that's the front half. All right. Well, we can talk more about whole word when we we get back to working on gross. A thermal vent worm. A thermal vent worm. Oh man. All right. Well, this clearly shows um, that P.T. Barnum, despite being able to work with his quote unquote friend Moses Kimball for some amount of time, uh, was still a fucking scammer and had absolutely no scruples when it came to taking other people's acts, falsifying them, and then parading them as his own unscrupulous goonery absolute unscrupulous goonery now he did in fact several times just straight up copy in their entirety whole other novelty acts yeah why wouldn't you i mean i would too if i had that kind yeah of it's like what benjamin franklin was doing um, he was ripping people off all the time when he was running his newspaper because he had a he had a wider distribution range so, like, people would just be like, oh, you stole that from Benjamin Franklin's newspaper. He's like, I, I published it first. It's impossible. It's like, well, it's Benjamin Franklin versus you. So, no. Fuck the Leeds family. All my homies hate the Leeds family. I heard that those bitches Deep. gave birth to the Jersey Devil. Deep cuts Jersey Devil references. Um, now, my personal 
best example of P.T. Barnum just straight up stealing, getting the scoop no matter what, uh, comes from another exhibition by the name of the Cardiff Giant, uh, which is a 10-foot-long gypsum block that was carved in painstaking detail and at great expense to look incredibly lifelike as though it were a preserved human being. Well, this is back in the age of biblical realism, the foundations of a lot of biblical realism bullshit, where yep. uh, Joseph Smith and people like that would, like, use... Like, there was this idea... Because archaeology was so hot at the time, religious people would use it a lot. And one of the things they would talk about it with, uh, in regards to, were the Nephilim that were mentioned in the Bible being the... Uh, the, the the people that were not people but were also not angels uh, that lived on the earth and were also uh, sometimes uh, referred to separately uh, seemingly as giants uh, and that they, they, they these were the bones of these people there's also Native American uh, tales about uh, the moon-faced people or the moon-faced tribe uh, that were a tribe of red-haired white-faced giants uh, that lived in the United States and those are probably just mythologized references to Scandinavians or other early hominids that lived in North America, because we have an idea that we might not have been the first people here. Sc- Scandinavians or other early hominids. Yes. It's I, I described a former uh, co-worker of mine as an undiscovered hominid today because he was so hairy. Uh, now, Colin was absolutely on the money there when he was talking about biblical realism and the Nephilim in very particular. Uh, the, the Bible passage that Colin is referring to that refers to them as giants is Genesis 6-4. There were giants in the earth in those days. Or the Kenyan, as H.P. Lovecraft refers to them, in the hit single, The Mound. Yes. Um, <laughs> the hit single. I like thinking about the mound as it is like the hit. The hit single like, from Howard Phillips Lovecraft. That's like hit me, baby, one more time for H.P. Lovecraft. Except he wouldn't be able to stand it because he was terrified of. Yeah, and Shadow over Innsmouth <clears throat> is toxic. Or I guess that's horror at Red Hook, isn't it? it they're both. Don't you know that I'm toxic? <clears throat> Now, uh, created in the late 1860s uh, by a man by the name of George Hull uh, in order to spite a revivalist minister, yep. specifically about Genesis 6-4, yep. George Hull went through great lengths to produce the Cardiff Giant. He lived, I believe... Upstate New York. Yes, he lived in upstate the New Bird York, which is where Cardiff is. Cardiff, uh, New York. So he went to Iowa, tent revival country, in order to purchase, in order to quarry and purchase the block of limestone. I thought it was gypsum. He then, or I'm sorry, yes, it is gypsum. Uh, the block was then delivered to Chicago to a separate stone cutter who was then stone uh, sworn to secrecy. One Edward Burke. Like how that worked. Well, Edward Burkhart wasn't the man who it got out from. I know, but I'm saying, like, I love how it's just like, you can just swear a stonecutter to secrecy. Like, why? Like, back in those days, like, having, being in the trades meant something. Uh, it really did. <laughs> it, well, it was serious. He could have his rank demoted. He could get in trouble at his guild. Yeah. Uh, now, the 
The giant was then shipped to upstate New York, where George Hull lived. It was buried in the ground, and then left for 18 months before the farmer whose field, who was also in on the joke, the only other person in the world who was in on the joke, uh, besides George Hull and the stonemason. Excuse me. Goddamn. This is also, by the way, like, the explanation for the Cardiff Giant is literally the explanation that the mainline uh, Mormon church uses to explain James Strang's uh, extra commandments that he found. They're like, <laughs> they're like, he buried, he knew where the spot was, he buried him before, he's lying. <laughs> like, yeah, he made him up. Like, he made him up, he made his up, and Joseph Smith definitely did not make his up, 100%. He love, got his straight I from love him. holding that thought in your brain, is that Joseph Smith was 100% right, and James Strang was 100% wrong, and there are no Absolute fraud. There are no parallels here, even though most of the people that followed James Strang were the original followers of Joseph Smith. <clears throat> now, after the farmer who was in on the joke hired a couple of men to dig a well on his property, he chose the spot where the giant was buried. Uh, they dug it up. There was a whole hullabaloo. The giant began seeing exhibitions uh, from all over the country. Scientists came to, uh, you know, examine it. I mean, this thing was so detailed and so highly skillfully carved that it had Yeah, the, the card of giant, this it's like, it's one of those things where, like, you see some stuff from back then and you're like how did people believe this is fucking real but even now if i saw the card of giant like in person i'd be like hmm it, it, with no other yeah. context like you probably never had a, read a book in your life and if you have it was the bible yeah like yeah in which case mind. this is simply yeah it's like it's like of look course, at that of course we would find in this age of archaeology where we're digging up things that we've never been able to find before that are older than the earth uh of course we would find giants why wouldn't we? the bible said it sense the bible said that they're there why would the bible, bible said wrong? it's there uh i love that shit this also when when the the first time i ever read about or heard about the uh, the cardiff giant like getting examined by like teams of scientists it, though i don't uh it, it just made me think of the fucking color out of space when they just come out with like a fucking like a hammer and a chisel like that's fucking weird, all right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this. Yeah, that is. I got nothing. That sure is fucking strange. Well, back, back to Arkham. <laughs> well, I'll be down. You know what? I'll pretend like this never happened. How about that? Exactly. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna pretend oh. like I never saw anything. That's. I love scientists back then because they're all just fucking insane people. They're all fucking psychos. No, they're just. They're just like. like yeah, they, were, they were all. They're just Von like doctors. They were all just brutally fucking drunk all the time. Brutally drunk or high all the time. Or and they were they just, were like, stone ex sober experimenting with, like, like the equivalent today of, like, ch the Chinese research chemicals that you can get. And being like, I'm fucked out of my gourd right now, but I think there might be giants. Guess, yeah, I, I would say that HHC is the modern-day equivalent of laudanum. I would agree. It's pretty close. Kr Kratom is like smoking opium. Now, where our man P.T. Barnum comes into this story uh, is about a year or two into the exhibition of the Cardiff Giant. Um, 
he sees that there is another massive novelty act out in the world. It's traveling the United States, and it's making a lot of fucking money. Like, I cannot understate how popular the Cardiff Giant was as a traveling act. It is an incredible piece of statuary. It is... People love a big guy. It's, for one, it's just a big rock. People love a big you rock. You put a big rock in a room, people will come look at it. People Two, you shape that rock like a man, more people will come look at it. Three, you attach religion to it, that's even more people. The Cardiff Giant has the all The pillars of Hercules are just two big rocks. The rock of Gibraltar, just a big rock. Big rock. Kilimanjaro, just a very large rock. Technically, Kilimanjaro is a series of rocks. Well, it's mostly one big one, right? It's mountains are mostly one rock. If you're a geologist or a seismologist, get back to us on that. Well, it's like one big piece of crust. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of... Well, I guess everything is just pieces of smaller things when you really think about it, isn't that? Yeah, basically. No, we're all the same. We're all part of the same electron field. Who really cares? Yeah. Now, in the 1870s, towards the end of his life, P.T. Barnum actually offered, in cash, $150,000 for the giant. That's a lot of that's And a lot George of Hull said no. That's a lot of cheddar. Can't sell George integrity. George Hull wanted more. Can't sell integrity that's, for less than $300,000. It's, uh, for the record, George Hull would eventually sell out and uh, get rid of the, or sell the Cardiff Giant for $1 million. $1 million. $1 million. Uh, I love, I, this was purchased from him uh, oh, yes, by a group of businessmen right before the secret came out that it was bullshit. It was, it's great timing. And... Did they sue right him, about when P.T. Barnum had an artist... Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about this shit. ...go to the exhibition of the Cardiff Giant and go through the exhibition with a piece of wax in his pocket. And as he passed through that exhibition repeatedly, he shaped that piece of wax in his pocket uh, until that piece of wax was a reasonable facsimile of the Cardiff Giant. As close as he could get in a, a small-scale package that he was literally shaping. You can't knock the ingenuity of this man. I love the idea that a guy was just... It's really impressive. Like, I couldn't do that. ...playing pocket pool through this entire fucking exhibit, and nobody's ever yeah. saying anything. They're just like, yeah, he's just mashing his dick and balls in his pants, clearly. Yeah, he's just beating off to the statue. Um, maybe, maybe like, he was throwing, like, a silly face so that people, like, wouldn't approach. Like, maybe he was, like, drooling or, like, cocking an eye to the side or something. That's what I would do. Yeah, probably. Just be like, no, 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 it's fine. I'm just uh, jerking off. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm Polish. P.T. Barnum would then then create an exact replica (laughs) down to the size and weight and material of the Cardiff Giant. Right before, again, the legend of the Cardiff Giant came out to be false. Well, this... You see, like I said way back in the beginning of this segment, the Cardiff Giant came to be because George Hull got into an argument with a revivalist preacher. This is also... this The story of the Cardiff Giant and P.T. Barnum's recreation is why I think that story about the, the wood in the beginning, the area of the wood, is correct. That that's a real story. Because P.T. Barnum, I think what he did is he literally did the math and was like, 
it weighs this much. I know it weighs this much because I he probably had like receipts for shipping, and you pay by the well. Pound. They they also they they listed the weight in the advertisements exactly. Mm-hmm. Ten foot four inches four and a half inches tall weight two thousand nine hundred and ninety pounds exactly. So all he has to do is basically find materials that like at that amount weigh that amount, and then he's just like, oh, it's it's fucking gypsum. Cool. Uh, I'll make mm-hmm. mine out of gypsum too. Like, yep. I love that he immediately and, spots it as a con, and then it's like, okay, I have to re- re-reverse-engineer this con for myself. Yeah, oh, the guy won't sell? Okay, well, I need it anyways. Yeah. This is why um, people love P.T. Barnum. They're like, he's, he was a capitalist. It's like, he was a fucking thief. He was a, yeah, he was a scammer. Uh, six of one, way, half dozen of the other, you know? Thomas Edison. It's capitalism, baby. Yeah. Hey. Uh... This exact replica of the Cardiff Giant would remain on display in the American Museum with signs claiming it to be the unique and original. That's smart. And it would continue to do so uh, until the American Museum would no longer exist, at which point the the fake giant, I believe, has been lost to history the quote-unquote real giant was eventually sold to the farm museum in connecticut yeah that sounds right yeah cooperstown connecticut and there it sits where you can go see it today connecticut at least we're not delaware hey we've got this big guy made of rock delaware at least we're not maryland maryland at least maryland. At, at least we're not Pennsylvania. maryland at least joe biden wasn't born here <laughs> at least joe biden <laughs> And his family of ghouls didn't caper around in their shitty McMansion Count Dracula castles while they let rapists and pedophiles march through the streets. And that is the story of some of the more notable scams and humbugs by our P.T. Barnum. What a piece of shit. Fuck that guy. Ah, portable toilet Barnum. He was... He was a scammer along the way. He had a fucking limp-wristed, fop-ass name. Uh, and, unfortunately, P.T. Barnum won. Um, I, I can't say that this is one of the ones where you'll feel good in the end because the because asshole got they made a movie about him and Hugh Jackman played him. Imagine... imagine yeah, being and Hugh Jackman is a, is a brilliant, wonderful man, and I cannot knock Hugh Jackman. He's so handsome. And he's a, he's a great guy, I do gotta say. He's a very nice... By like all accounts, guy. he's a very, very nice guy. I think he's like Tom Hanks. I think he's part of the QAnon Illuminati, the, like, you know, the cabal of uh, satanic Democrats that are, like, eating adrenaline. I don't know, he seems too wholesome for that. Too. Well, I think, I, think he's, uh, I think he's been uh, co-opted by the satanic elite that run the world. You know, the globalists. And, uh, and this is my new character. It's it's guy who's of like a, a right wing nut job, but it's kind of bored by all of it. Like yeah, you know, they're all uh... like he's like I believe in it because like my girlfriend does and she takes me to the meetings, but it's like it's not really my thing. I kind of just want to go home, play some NHL. Yeah, I'm just trying to chill. fucking. Ri- I'm I'm, I'm just trying to rip some chill. Like, like... I've been playing. I've been playing a lot of manager mode on chill. It's super fun, super interesting. Like I just got my. And promoting my team, I just uh, increased our income. We're gonna be going up to the next. Yeah, game. yeah. I just, I just and, bought, a, uh, I just bought a really good third line right winger. So like, things are looking up. Things are looking great for me. I got solid D, solid D line. Uh, I was having issues for a while. I was really weak on the back foot, really weak in the home ice, and uh, you know, I'm really investing in defense at a lower league level. 
it's it's really great. It's really it's yeah. it's a really uh, smart you know, investment to make. You know, anybody can yeah, shoot you know, a puck. We, we, anybody we can were shoot having a puck. Anybody can make a slap shot. But really, I mean, you gotta you gotta guard that but fucking net. Guarding the net. Like, regardless of that, we were having trouble hitting fucking sellies. You know, it's fine. It was what we're it having is. hard shot. You know, there's obviously there's always places that your players can't improve, and you know, there's limited resources in a small in a small team and small operation like this, multi manager like myself. But yeah, like the the Democrats, they're like reptilian Jews <laughs> from outer space that are sorcerers that are eating uh, baby stem cells that are stolen by Planned Parenthood. Uh, but you know, I'm just big the, into the Mad Dogs. That's the name of my team, Mad Dogs. But, but the team's looking real good this year. Allenstown, yeah. Pennsylvania. You know, we're, we're thinking about busting into maybe Double A next year. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend, she's thinking about busting into Comet Pizza. She's gonna shoot some people there. But uh, I'm definitely, I am hoping I can get my my team up in league before the season's over. Else, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be out some money from some promoters there, hoping that we'd be stepping up. Yeah. In it's very, you know, it's really gonna cut in my margins. But, you know, I think it's going to be worth it. I think we're going to pull it out. I think we're going to get that boat yeah. this year. <laughs> Let's get that fucking get that fucking catamaran this year, boys. Get that fucking luxury, that luxury yacht, bud. Oh, the luxury catamaran. Boys. Oh, Jesus. All right. Thank you for listening. Um, it's There's no call to action. PG Barnum's dead. Uh, I, you that know what? You know what? Watch it. The Greatest Showman because it's, it's really... It's, no, like it's mostly fiction. Um, uh... Well, he well can, yeah, they leave out the part where he killed an enslaved yeah, they, woman they by sure, working they sure didn't that. Can mention he, like, that do one. magic in that yeah, movie, too? Yeah, it's, like it's a fucking musical. I like some musicals. I know, I know, I know, but musicals right. musicals are inherently not realistic whatsoever, so whatever. Oh, did I complain about the Tick, Tick, Boom Netflix adaptation? Cause it haven't, haven't watched it. No, but we're not doing this right here. Um... <laughs> We're not we're not throwing in another tangent at the end of the episode. Uh, all right, thank you for listening. We will we will go ahead and talk to you again next week. Well, it's been the boys at worst yeah, in the, the boys. industry. We're here. We're bye bye. Bye bye. I'm alive. I wasn't rapping about the past back, dealing dope. Got the offer and it's real low. Over one mil and it's still low. They all corporate, they all cute in suits. Yeah, on bullshit with all that poop to scoop. My shit going up, I go root to roof. They don't like that, they want mute the truth. They gon' switch sides, they go group to group. They want shoot the shit, ain't got shit to shoot till I go crazy.